Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It's a Monday edition of Flyers Daily with a special guest, Justin Braun. Flyers defenseman will join us in a Q&A edition. Let's go. And welcome to your Monday, March 9th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Bertitas. Thank you for listening, everybody. Another week in the books. We'll get to that in a moment. We'll have a review of the last week and a preview of the upcoming week. But let me tell you first and foremost that the race for the playoffs is on. Don't miss every crucial game as the Flyers host the Eastern Conference leading Boston Bruins coming up tomorrow night before a back-to-back home game weekend, the 14th and 15th. Do yourself a favor. Shop now for tickets. PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. Everybody, thanks for listening to Flyers Daily. It's been so much fun. Uh, everybody, for leaving the great reviews. I appreciate it. Talking to our, uh, our our marketing department the other day, and the numbers for Flyers Daily are growing at, at an incredible rate. The amount of people listening and listening every day. So from the bottom of my heart and everybody at the Flyers, we thank you. We really appreciate it, and we're glad that you're really enjoying uh, this daily podcast. I'm having a blast doing it, and I hope you guys are having a blast listening as well. Times are good right now, so let's get right into it today. Uh, It's a Monday. I know nobody wants to fool around and goof off, so let's go. Justin Braun, uh, in just a couple minutes, I had a chance to catch up with him. Uh, But real quick, let's take a look at the week that was uh, the first week of March for the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, they played last Sunday, but I kind of recapped that last Sunday. That was against the Rangers, that win 5-3 in New York. But then they went on the road on Wednesday night, and it was the game that everybody pointed to because it was the game where the Flyers could tie the Washington Capitals at the top of the Metropolitan Division. They go into Washington, and they beat them 5-2. to two, Huge win for the Flyers. It tied them in points at that time. And to go in there into Washington when you belted Washington the time before 7-2, to two, and you know that they had that game circled on their calendar. And for the Flyers to go in there and beat them 5-2 to two in their barn was a tremendous win. And even more impressive, maybe, was the fact that that was such a physical and emotional game on Wednesday in Washington where they beat them 5-2, to two, and they had to come back in a home-and-home situation or a back-to-back situation and play Carolina the next night, who's also a really desperate team right now trying to get points to get into this playoff mix, and they're certainly right there knocking on the door. And to come back that next night and beat Carolina 4-1, to one, to me, was as impressive as Washington was in winning there, I think the more impressive thing was actually beating Carolina the next night after you spilled your bucket of all that emotion and, and had a great game against against Washington, and you beat a, a desperate Carolina team, and you beat them handily, and you beat them 4-1. to one. Great goaltending in that game, as there was great goaltending in that game against Washington. And the reason why the Flyers won the game on Saturday was because of great goaltending. Now, in yesterday's episode... I alluded to it. Against the Buffalo Sabres, the Flyers didn't have their A game, probably not their B game, maybe like a C-minus game, except Carter Hart. He was so good in the game, stopping 38 of 39 shots, that that's the reason why the Flyers got the 3-1 win, and that's the reason why they got the two points in the standings. Sometimes that's the great thing about hockey. Sometimes, you know, your forwards and defensemen don't have it going on that night, but your goalie, good goalies, can play in a manner that can steal a game. And Carter Hart did exactly that. He's been so good at home. We know that. We's been, the kid's just been tremendous. And to, to, you know, get 38 saves on 39 shots and steal a win for you to keep the winning streak alive, nine wins in a row now, 
which leads us right up to this week and the preview of this week coming up. Flyers will be back in action tomorrow against the Boston Bruins. Yeah, they're leading the Atlantic Division. They are an incredible team, and they've been at the top of the standings uh, in that division pretty much all the way this year. Top team in the NHL, as a matter of fact. They've got 98 points already through 69 games, 43-14-12. They're good on the road, 21-10-3. They're great at home, 22-4-9. Uh, they're 7-3 in their last 10, and the Flyers will get a shot at them on uh, tomorrow night at the Wells Fargo Center. And we know what happened last time. The 5-2 win, or they were up 5-2 in the game. Flyers came back. Storm back in that game to tie it at five, get it to overtime, get it to a shootout. And we know about the Brad Marchand whiff on the uh, shootout attempt. And that gave the Flyers the win and the two points. So we'll see Boston on Tuesday. What a week of hockey this is going to be, by the way. Tremendous week of hockey. These are the weeks I absolutely love because you have great opponents. You're playing great. You're playing really well and have a chance to take these opponents down and you got a nice variance of opponents. So you get Boston coming up tomorrow night. Then you got to go down to Tampa and take on Tampa uh, at 7 o'clock on Thursday night. What a tremendous game that's going to be. We've seen some great games between the Flyers and Tampa, although Flyers not have, got, have not gotten the best of Tampa, but that's going to be a great game coming up on Thursday. And then Saturday, how about a step into the Western Conference where it feels like the Flyers haven't played a Western Conference opponent in forever this weekend coming up. Saturday, one o- I love matinee hockey, by the way, real quick, just to tell you. I love matinee hockey, especially this time of year. It's a little warmer, walking into the rink, the sun's out, the whole thing. So Saturday, you get the Minnesota Wild at 1 o'clock. And then Sunday, oh my goodness, how about this? You get the... Edmonton Oilers with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Oilers in town. I cannot wait for this weekend. It's going to be outrageous. It's going to be so much fun uh, with these this variance of opponents. And to, to take that a step further, look at the talent that's going to come into the Wells Fargo Center and the talent the Flyers are going to take on this week. You're talking about the best hockey players on the planet. And there's only guys I, like 10 guys I would put into this rarefied air category. Well, Patrice Bergeron's a great player for Boston, but David Pasternak's having an out just an incredible year. Then you're going to play Tampa. You're going to you're going to deal with uh, Braden Point. You're going to deal with Nikita Kucherov. You're going to deal with uh, Andre Vasilevsky in net and great talent on that side. Victor Hedman. Then you get Minnesota, and they got some good, really good, talented players there as well. Some of them a little long in the tooth, but still some really good talented players there Minnesota's playing a lot better uh, since Billy Guerin decided to fire uh, Bruce Boudreaux a couple weeks back and that team's a little bit on the come right now and then this weekend I mean is there anything better than seeing Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid I mean that is going to be tremendous tremendous hockey to watch and the Flyers still riding this uh, uh, this winning streak looking for 10 against Boston and we'll see where it goes. See if they beat Boston, can they go down to Tampa and make it 11? Can you come back home if you win there and, and, and win over Minnesota and Edmonton and make it and get all the way up to 13? Who knows? But this week to, that's going to happen here for the Flyers is going to be a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun the last couple weeks. This week's going to be just as much uh, with these opponents. But let's get to Justin Braun right now. He took a couple of uh, uh, nasty shots in the game on Saturday night. Took one uh, a puck to the helmet, and then later in the game, really late in the game, last minute to play uh, in the hockey game, he got a got a kind of a hook on him and a weird spill. So I had a chance to catch up with Justin Braun. Here's that conversation. Joining us right now on Flyers Daily, Flyers defenseman Justin Braun. First of all, uh, how are you feeling? You took a couple of rough rides in in the game against uh, Buffalo the other night. Uh, yeah, it was a tough one for me. I've been trying to steer clear of those a little bit more, but uh, yeah, it took a 
couple hard ones, uh, but you know, I'll be all right. Did you lose an edge on the one or the hook to oh, maybe helped you a little got bit? I my hands a little bit. I saw the replay came in the room, so uh, yeah, I got my hands a little bit, and uh, you know, it's unfortunate that you go in that hard, but you know, nothing, nothing broken, nothing, uh, nothing to worry about. So just bounce back and keep going. It's all part of hockey, but let's talk about this team right now. You've won nine straight games. Um, you're, you've been a part of this all year with this team. You developed great chemistry with Robert Hag. Uh, t- talk about kind of how the the arc of this season has gone for you. Yeah, you know, coming in, it uh, started with a few other D partners, and uh, you know, it didn't go as well as I hoped, and uh, kind of took a while to settle in. But uh, you know, I felt like around Christmas time, really settled in, and uh, you know, playing with Hager, uh, you know, we've been we've been good out there. Uh, you know, uh, we'd like to create a little bit more, but uh, you know, I think that's everyone out there. You played on a lot of good teams in your career, and all those years out in the Western Conference. This team right now is really rolling, and you played on some teams that went into the playoffs hot as well. Does this feel very similar to that, and like you guys can really make some noise? Yes and no. Like every team's different, you know. Uh, though you know the year we went to the finals, you know, I didn't, we didn't come into the playoffs playing very well, but you know it all came together. So you know we got 14 games left to really dial things in. Um, you know it's uh, you know there's ups and downs. I didn't think we played very well against Buffalo, but we're still getting wins. So I think that's uh, one of the most important things. You're finding ways to get it done. Uh, one of the things with this team this year, and you alluded to it, Elaine Vigneault's really changed lines, changed deep pairings, changed groupings. Um, maybe to find the right chemistry, but the devil's in the details. Is, is it the details, the little things that are really making you guys, you got tremendous depth, which is a great thing, but the detailed part of your games, is that what's making the difference for you guys? Yeah, you know, I think it's, you know, guys are buying in and they know they know what we have here, you know, the blocking the shots, getting pucks deep, you know, not worried about their individual stats. So it's, it's about the group right now. And I think guys understand that, uh, you know, how important every night is. So um, that's, uh, you know, I think that's the biggest thing going forward. This, this interview has turned into a, an international event of uh, exterior sound. Anyway, one last question for you. Um, to get 10 straight, you got Boston. You faced them a couple times this year. They're a tough team. Uh, to come away in that, you're going to have to play better than you played in the Buffalo game. Uh, does maybe a game like this where against Buffalo, where it's not your best game, your A game, maybe not even your B game, come away with a win still, though, does that send a message to you guys as a group? Yeah, you know, you don't want to rely on uh, our goalies as much as we did in the Buffalo game. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to play a lot better against Boston if we want to come out on the positive side of that. So, you know, we're going to have to look at some video and see what we can do better. But, yeah, they're a different animal. You know, the skill, the depth, they have that too. So we got to be we got to be ready to go from drop the puck. All right, so I lied. One last question. The goaltending they got, you got from Carter Hart, his 39 shots on goal, 38 saves in that game. 21-year-old kid. You've been around a long time in this game. This, he, he's kind of a unicorn, isn't he? Yeah, you know, um, like I've, I've said before, the, his maturity and uh, focus is uh, way beyond a lot of 21-year-olds. And, uh, you know, he comes in, does his job, not going out. He's, he's dialed into what we're doing here. So I think that's, uh, you know, a good testament to, you know, his family, his work ethic. Um, you know, he, he knows what, you know, what he needs to do to be great at this level. Yeah, well, he's certainly doing it. Justin, thanks for doing this. Good luck coming up on Tuesday. We appreciate the time. Thank you. All right, there's Flyers defenseman Justin Braun. Another key addition by Chuck Fletcher this offseason. Adding those two key veteran defensemen in Matt Niskanen and Justin Braun has made a huge difference for this Flyers team and really calmed down the defense. Uh, it's one of the things I was talking about in the offseason quite a bit um, was that the Flyers, need you need to have that veteran presence back there because you can't have all youth on defense. That's one of those positions that takes a little bit longer to develop 
And you need to have that veteran guys back there to calm things down and also show the way for these younger defensemen in the NHL to make their way. All right, let's get it's a Q&A episode. So let's get to some questions via Twitter. And again, you can tweet me at any time. At Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. All right, uh, Sandus, Minnesota, frequent tweeter to Flyers Daily says, if I'm the Flyers, I don't want to face the Pens in the first round. Well, the Pens are reeling again. They lost six straight, then they won two. They beat uh, uh, the Ottawa Senators, and uh, I can't remember the other team off the top of my head, but uh, now they've lost two straight games. I don't know what's going on with the Pens. The goaltending's not very good. Matt Murray hasn't been good all year. Tristan Jari was great in the beginning of the year. They're erratic right now. Um, if, if you're picking teams to, to play against, look, I love the rivalry, so I love playing the Pens, so I'm never going to deny that. Uh, Mike Deej, uh, Mike Deej97 tweets in and says, how many points do you think wins the Metro? Hmm, good question. Um, I think it's going to end up being around 107. Look, if you want to guarantee you win it, get 108. I think you can win it with 107. 106, I think, is like that line of demarcation. So uh, I think it's going to end up being 106, 107. But if you get 108, Flyers get 108 points then they'll win the division, in my opinion. Uh, Flyers Chirp tweets in. He says, at Jason Mert, how do you expect the Flyers to play play come playoff time? And should fans get excited about this team after years of mediocrity and losing? Well, yeah, I've talked about this a ton. Um, The way they're playing right now is tremendous. They're, They're firing on all cylinders, all areas of the game, despite the fact that they didn't play their greatest game against the Buffalo Sabres. They're still playing great right now, and they're getting depth scoring and uh, Nicholas Albe Bell's playing great, and Kevin Hayes, and Claude Giroux, who had two goals the other night, and that Sean Couturier line, and Jake, I mean, Jake Voracek may be playing his best hockey as an NHLer, and certainly as a Flyer. Um, I expect them to play well. They've shown that they can play at a certain level, so I expect them to play at that level come playoff time. Uh, that That's what good teams do. And as far as fans getting excited about this team, yeah, get excited. This is not... I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face. I had a nickel for every time I said this. I'd be on a yacht in the French Riviera. This is not the Flyers of the past bunch of years. It's not. It looks different. Flyers Sharp, watch the games. Watch the depth of talent. Watch the goaltending. Watch how dynamic of a team they are. And watch how well they're coached. If you think this is like the team of years past, I'm sorry. I can't help you because it's not. Matt tweets in and said, which of the kids are you most excited to watch come playoffs? And is Hart the best goalie in the Metro right now? Oh, man, what two great questions. Um, I'm really excited. I guess kids-wise, I'm I'm, I'm going to combine the two because I'm excited to see Hart in the playoffs. He's a 21-year-old. I can't wait to see what he's able to accomplish in his first NHL playoffs. But if you're looking for a skater, a, a kid, I'm looking forward to seeing Phil Myers as well and seeing what he can do in the playoffs. I think he's just such an athletically gifted uh, athlete, and I can't wait to see him. And he's just been getting better and better all year. Um, is Hart the best goalie in the Metro right now? Um, it's, oh, man, that's a tough question. Braden Holpe's pretty good, but he's been erratic this year. Um, if you look at, well, I don't like anybody on the island. I don't really love what's going on in Columbus, even though Elvis Merzlikens was great. Pittsburgh, yeah, better there. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, he is the best goalie in the Metro right now, or the combination of he and Brian Elliott is the best tandem. How about that? Uh, Thomas Killian tweets in and says, uh, "What's the status of JVR?" Yeah, this came out a couple days ago. Uh, he broke his hand. He is out four to six weeks, which will take him. Uh, if it's four weeks, right, uh, like game one or game two of the playoffs. If it's six weeks, it's the the end of the first round. Um, so we'll see. That, that timetable, four to six weeks, is 
pretty much par for the course with that type of injury. Uh, Gavin Belt tweets in. He says, what do you think of all the hype behind the Flyers right now? Do you think it's possibly will jinx us in the long run? Well, that's all up to you, Gavin. I don't know if you believe in jinxes or not. Um, what I can tell you is that uh, the hype right now is real, and it should be real. It's fantastic. It's great. People are loving this run. They're loving this team. They're loving this coach. Um, as far as the jinx go, that's your decision. I, I have no no idea. Uh, what to think about that element of the question. Uh, Undecided 300 tweets in and says, if you had to name a weak link on the team, he said, even though I don't see any at the moment, who might it be and why? Well, I mean, there's obvious areas you can look at. You can go, well, our third pairing defense is not as strong as our top two pairs. So you could look at that area. You could look at, you know, a, a fourth line, but the fourth line's been playing great. Nicholas Albay-Kubel had, I think, had a six-game point streak. They're weak in comparison, but when you compare it to other teams' fourth lines or other teams' third D pairings, it's not weak. It's actually pretty darn good. So um, that, that's that's my opinion of it. Kevin Thiet, I think. Sorry, Kevin, if I didn't get it right. Um, everybody deserves to have their name said correctly, says the guy with the impossible last name. Uh, but here's his question. What do you think of the Flyers' goalie situation come playout, playoffs? Elliot on the road and hard at home or Heart all the way. It's going to be hard all the way. You don't go tandem home road split in the NHL playoffs. It's just not It's not feasible. It's not the way it works. The only time you'll see a change there is if things are going poorly or an injury, which, knock on wood, we hope doesn't happen. Greg Lewis says, hey, just listen to a bunch of these, meaning Flyers Daily, for the first time. Hey, welcome to the show, uh, Greg. Uh, he said, while, I'm packing a new, while unpacking a new house, great stuff. This is going to be a daily listen going forward, so thanks for easing the moving misery and keeping me up to speed on all things orange and black. Hey, Greg, hey, man, I love that you're listening. I love that you listen to multiple in one day. So we appreciate that, and we hope that you keep listening as with uh, everybody else. Uh, Robert tweets in and says, What does it say about the Flyers' conditioning and PK that they killed three third-period power plays in a game that was their third in four nights? Now, this is a great point. This is something I haven't really talked about on Flyers Daily at all, and it's something that... Robert, I, I know what you're alluding to, and I could not agree with you more. The conditioning of this team, and we've seen it on several occasions this year, where it's four games in six nights or three games in four nights, and they seem to get stronger in games. I remember earlier in the season even when they fight, they faced the Toronto Maple Leafs and had like a, an eight-round shootout and then went to Boston the next night and had another shootout. Playing those two teams early in the season, and it was in successive, you know, two games in two days to be able to do that. They've got this team in shape, strength and conditioning uh, crew down with the Flyers, doing a great job, coaching staff, and the coaching staff's also doing a great job monitoring when guys need a little bit of rest or when not to go hard in practice or when to go hard in practice. Daniel Horn tweets in and says, Jason, does the implementation of the new puck in the playoffs worry you at all? To me, it's a bit strange to unveil all of this now instead of in the preseason next year. Yeah, Dan, you know what? I totally agree with you. Um, you know, they had the NHL uh, uh, general managers meetings down in Boca Raton this past week. And one of the things, one of the rules that they changed was to, to implement this puck with a chip in it so they can track all kinds of things. It's going to transmit like 6,000 pieces of data every second. Um I don't know why you do it now. Now, I know that they've done tests on this puck and shot at 180 miles an hour against a brick wall and it didn't break or anything like that. And I guess, like, one of the things, like that goal that Konechny scored the other night that was underneath Braden Holpe that was not allowed, 
that puck was in. Braden Hopi was just savvy in the way that he got up to make it look like it didn't go in. But we all know, and just you just have visual evidence that it went in. Um, if that puck can track that that was in the net or not in the net, then I'm all for it. But I don't know why you do that, implement something new in the playoffs. It just seems like a little bit. I, I don't do anything that incurs any risk in the playoffs and make any changes. I wait till the following season. To me, the juice is not worth the squeeze, but they've determined it is. If they wanted to put the offside rule in uh, in at the playoffs, I'd be fine with that. The fact that the offside rule is you just got to break the plane. You don't have to have the skate on the ice anymore. But to implement – now, look, maybe this implementation of the puck with the, with the chip in it is going to be so incredible, and it's going to be data that I can't believe I, I watched hockey with without before. Somehow, I don't think that's the case. Dustin Lundado says, do you start Hart in both games versus Boston and Tampa, or do you think it's smart to start Moose versus Tampa Bay on the road? And this is a really good question. I got to see what happens Tuesday first. Um, I suspect that uh, Elaine Vigneault, if you asked him right now, and th- this is a hard answer right now because you don't have all the info of what's going to happen on Tuesday night. Uh, but I suspect if you ask him right now and say, if you have to make the decision right now, what are you going to do? I think he would start Hart at home against Boston. I think he'll get the start tomorrow. And then I think he would say, I'll start Brian Elliott Thursday uh, against Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, Jackie tweets in. His name on Twitter is Smudged Freckles. He says, what do players talk about with the ref at the faceoff? Do they not know how to do it? Well, they certainly know how to do it. But there's a lot of times where it's, you know, he's got to back up. He's got to move his skate, his angled, or whatever it might be. And a lot of times it's just talking about, you know, talk chirping a guy or just shooting the you-know-what. Uh, Justin Goodhart tweets in. He says, stylistically, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that await the Flyers in these two matchups, uh, Boston and Tampa, this week? Well, the one thing is, is you look at Tampa and you look at the way they played last year, um, and, and they were – very, uh, they lack structure last year, Tampa. They have a lot more structure this year, a lot harder to get shots uh, and getting close to Vasilevsky. And, you know, they do, we always use the term in hockey, protect the house. And the house is like this imaginary, it looks like a house when you draw the lines up. It's, you know, all the way out to the, the face-off dots and into the high slot. And, and they protect the house very well. They keep everything to the outside. And they have a lot more structure. They bought in, uh, to John Cooper's defensive system a little bit more this year than last year. And it probably helps that they got swept in the first round for, for them to to buy into that instead of just trying to outscore teams like they did a year ago. Uh, James Gibb tweets in, oh, my buddy Jimmy Gibson. He says, Jason, who would you rather play in round one, Caps or Pens? I'd rather ask you that, Jimmy, because Jimmy was I played with Jimmy in high school at Malvern, and he was a really good player. Went on to play D1. Um, so I'd rather ask his opinion on who he'd rather play. Uh, I'd rather the Pens, though. If, if you're asking me, Jimmy, I'd rather the Pens, and uh, you tweet me back and let me know who you'd rather play. And I suspect that great minds think alike, and you're going to say the Pens as well. Um, Ashta Shakti tweets in and says, I sent you an email, but I have another question. I understand that having depth scoring is a very good thing for a team, but I'm not sure I understand why. Isn't it distracting defensemen from their primary job scoring goals wouldn't be more would be more of a forward or center's job. No, no, no. Everybody can score goals. And the fact that you get depth score and depth scoring, I don't mean uh, defensive scoring. I mean score, spreading scoring out all over your roster. Now the Flyers lead the NHL in goals by defensemen, but having a defenseman that can have offensive elements and elite offensive elements to his game is a huge bonus. And depth scoring when you can send out your third and fourth line and come away plus on those. Uh, shifts 
in a game. That is huge as well because you don't have to rely on your top line all the time because your top line is going to draw the best defensive line of your opposition. So if you can be net positive on your bottom six, and, and that's a huge, huge element to winning in today's NHL. Steve Atlaw, just curious to how seeding works. He says, I think 2-3 plays each other, but what or who do the other seeds play? All right, so I'll just break this down real quick because it's, it's, it's actually pretty simple. Um, so there's going to be obviously eight teams in the conference that make the playoffs. The number one team, the one seed in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference right now would be the Boston Bruins. They have the best record. So they would get wild card number two, the weaker wild card. The number one seed in the Metropolitan Division, which at the moment is the Washington Capitals, would get wild card number one, which is the Carolina Hurricanes. And then the two threes would play each other. So Tampa would play Toronto. Tampa would have home ice advantage. The Flyers would play the Penguins, and the Flyers would have home ice advantage if the season were to end today. Good news is it doesn't. Uh, Kyle says, two questions. Are the Flyers peaking too early, or do they finally have all the pieces to make a deep run? Um, let's answer that first. Um, they're playing great right now, and this is the time of year when you want to be playing great. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to lose a couple games right now just to say, oh, well, we let the air out of the balloon a little bit, whatever. No, I, I, peaking too early when you're in March is not, is never a worry of mine. Slumping at this time of year is not a good thing, and that's why I point to Pittsburgh and I go, uh oh. I look at the Islanders and I go, uh oh. Lost six straight in March. That's not good. We've seen that happen to the Flyers before, where they've peaked in mid-January to mid-February, and then when they got to March, you were going, uh-oh. So that that's I definitely don't think that. Uh, he said, Pitt in the first round is not easy, even though they've been on a slide as of late. Better first-round matchup for the Flyers. Pitt, the Islanders, or Carolina? I would probably say Carolina would be the one I would prefer there because I don't, I don't like what they did at the deadline in total. I don't believe in their goaltending. I know they got to a conference final last year uh, with Morazic and um, uh, Curtis McElhaney, but it's Morazic and Reimer right now, and both are hurt. So I would take Carolina. My second choice would be the Islanders. My third choice would be the Pittsburgh Penguins. I just don't think the Islanders are very good right now either. Flyers haven't had tremendous amount of success against them uh, this season, but I just think that they would just out-talent a team like the New York Islanders. All right, everybody, that was a great Q&A episode. Thanks to Justin Braun for joining us here on this Monday edition, the 9th of March edition of Flyers Daily. Again, uh, you can tweet uh, me at any time, at Jason Mert. My DMs are open as well, and uh, you can certainly send me an email as well. I created an email account for Flyers Daily specifically for those that are not on social media and want to correspond or get questions in or whatever. And that email address is really simple. It's flyersdailypodcast at gmail.com. It's going to be a big week of hockey for Flyer fans. So uh, Flyers back in action tomorrow night against the Boston Bruins and looking for their 10th straight win. You know what I always say to end an episode? Enjoy your hockey. <laughs>